In fact, somebody who comes home for the first time, ignorantly will ask you, a photo kiska hai? And for you, it's not a photo. It's a symbol of divine for you. That's why the master said, how you see me makes no difference to me, but it makes all the difference to you. To a person who enters this hall for the first time, what would he see? An empty chair. What do you see? It has never been empty. It has never been empty. How you see it makes no difference to that place, but it makes all the difference to you. So they told you, on something you have to impose your faith. And only if on something that you can impose your faith, then you will realize holding on to that faith in a common man's language, if I have to say, you cannot master the values without valuing the master. It's not possible. It's not possible. If Arjuna did not revere Krishna, he wouldn't have understood the Bhagavad Gita. Without loving Christ, Bible is just literature for you. When you love Christ, it becomes a scripture for you. When you can feel that connect to that Tirthankara, and then when you take that book in your hand, that's scripture for you. When you don't know who that Tirthankara is, this is pages in print, nothing more than that. How you see it makes all the difference. So religion realized, though the ultimate state for you is to experience that nothingness, the ultimate seeking in you is the fulfillment of experiencing that unison between the form and the formless and that's all that you seek. And for that, though you have to attain concentration of mind, integrity of intelligence and equanimity of emotions, and for that there are rituals in every religion, there are scriptures to teach you right and wrong. Philosophy of life is discussed to you so that you experience equality of emotions. Yes, the very purpose of religion is to take you again to your origin, re-legere. But all this is not going to happen to you without a symbol of faith. On something you need to impose your faith, it's only when you develop a value for a master, you'll be able to master that values. What is your symbol of faith? That on which you have faith is your God. It is not this. To somebody, that is God. To somebody else, this is God. To some of you, both is God. For somebody else, this is God. For somebody else, something else is God. For a Jesus Christ, his Abba was God. For a lot of people, Jesus Christ is God. For Rama, he always looked up in prayer. Hanuman looked at Rama with prayer. And some of you will look at Hanuman with prayer. It doesn't matter. For somebody else, his mother is his God. For somebody else, the seashore is God. For somebody else, that place is your God. That on which you impose your faith is your God. Which means anything is God. Nothing is God. Jesus Christ is not working for you, not because Jesus Christ is not God. Jesus Christ is not working for you because you are not able to have faith in Jesus Christ. For somebody else who has faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ becomes God. Your God is as powerful as your faith. For some of you, you have experienced a lot of miracles in this relationship. 
now you can't even explain to somebody that i have experienced miracles but i'll tell you what imposes these miracles in you it is your faith in him the same him does not work for everybody and will not work for everybody will not work for those who cannot have that faith for some of you coming here is an intellectual delight acha lagta hai nice topics are discussed nice things are explained you feel you can understand for whatever reason you are still not able to have that faith that intellectual cooperation is there but faithful surrender is not there yet so for you this is not yet a source of miracle but a lot of learning and growing and some of you sitting here intellectually you also went into that state only but you don't know when it happened it became an object of faith that on which you have faith is your god and your god is only as powerful as your faith the reason i'm sharing this is every seeker in the world has lost a lot of his time only debating whether my god is powerful or not whether my god is powerful or not beta forget this thought whether your god is powerful or not start focusing on if your faith is powerful or not why are you bothered about whether jesus christ is powerful or krishna is powerful or mahavira in that it's a dispute is there which tirthankara is better to be what what are you fighting for gods don't fight seekers only fight jesus christ and krishna have no problem only a hindu and christian has a problem man is against man god is never against god then he is not god everything is one unified force you have to focus on developing your faith man made an error of judgment and i'm sure a lot of you continue to make this error of judgment and the purpose of this entire session is to correct that error of judgment see when you have faith in something it works faith works in fact faith alone works nothing else works faith works in fact in faith even wrong becomes right that is how powerful faith is if through faith it cannot be attained through nothing else it can be attained but what has happened is faith works you are there and your object of faith is there it's working some of man erroneously concluded everything is happening because of my object of faith and so much he focused on his object of faith he forgot to develop the subject of faith which is you all wars in the world are fought on object of faith every religious superiority and inferiority that is argued in the world is because of object of faith when you have actually forgotten the focus should not be you don't have to be an advocate for your god you be an advocate for your own faith you grow in faith you give your god a chance to work with you i always tell people you can understand my love for you only to the extent you love me if you don't have love for me you will not understand my love for you the extent to which some of you will feel i feel how much he loves me that is because you have grown in love for him only to that extent you love him you will understand his love for you only to the extent you can grow first session would have been curiosity second session would have been delight third session maybe you are just coming and only to that extent you love me you'll understand my otherwise i can say i love you so much and for you is nothing more than literacy it's a vocabulary it's a phrase but even when there is traces of love in you growing for me then you will find my love for you that is why a lot of these women 
when they attained motherhood, they understood their mother a lot more and not till then. That is why a lot of you grow in reverence for your dad after you become a dad. In fact, when you go through what it takes to bring up your children, you realize what dad should have gone through to bring me up. Only to the extent you grow in love for God, you will understand God's love for you. Only to the extent you grow in faith for your God, to that extent the faith of your God manifests through you. Grow in faith. Faith to the point. People come and tell Jesus Christ, they have sold you for 30 shillings. That's what the cost of a messenger of love for us, 30 shillings. They have sold you for 30 shillings, escape. And a man of immense faith, he said, if death be the gift of my Lord unto me, will I refuse it? Running away from what he has destined for me will be not having faith on him. If death be the gift of my Lord unto me, will I refuse it? That's faith. When Mother Teresa wanted to serve the poor and the church did not give her permission to do it, they said, what good you want to do, you can do from the church. She said, see, from the church I can help Christians. I want to help everybody. For me, the religion I see right now is the downtrodden, not Christianity. So I want to do it. Immediately the pastor of the church said, you have no name, you have no fame, you have no money. What do you think as a single lady you can do? And spontaneously Mother Teresa said, I don't have name, I don't have fame, I don't have money, but I have God with me and he'll give me everything else. And today, what that lady started is touching 4 million people in 140 countries in the world. A management case study today and that's what faith can do. Somehow in the last week of January, Something happened that disturbed Mahatma Gandhi, two back-to-back -back incidents, 1948. First, a legendary politician who played a very crucial role in forming the constitution of this country, somehow wrote in one of the letters to the editor, for the salvation of this nation, I wish Mahatma Gandhi dies. This country is no more thinking for itself it's only allowing one man to think and everybody else is following. For the salvation of India, we have to lose this Indian. One very legendary politician wrote in the letters to the editor. It disturbed Mahatma Gandhi for a moment. For the first time, Jawaharlal Nehru refused to take an instruction of Mahatma Gandhi saying, Mahatma Gandhi, you don't interfere in all this. You don't understand. He had never heard this before. So one of those evenings, Mahatma Gandhi said, it seems this country no more needs me. Now all that is left is, if bullet would pierce my heart, and I can still hold the name of my Lord on my lips, then I know I have lived a spiritually aligned life. I repeat, it seems this country no more needs me. And from the time he said, in less than 24 hours he was gone. He willed his death. And how he willed his death? Now all that remains to be seen is if bullets would pierce my heart, where did the bullets go? And if at that moment if I can hold the name of my Lord on my lips, Hiram is what he said when the bullet went in. I know I have lived a spiritually aligned life. 
that's faith even on the threshold of death he did not deviate from his faith that is faith faith if i have to take a religious reference here after all the war and all is over and rama and sita come back to ayodhya and it's time for return gifts and sukriva has given what he is given vibhishna has given what he is given when all this is going on if you can visualize as i speak you will understand this much better sita gently touches rama on his shoulders and shows directing in the direction of hanuman who is just sitting there and continuously chanting the name of ram 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 sita asks hanuman sita asks rama all of them have expectations so you can give them something what will you give him who has no expectations what will you give him so rama and sita start walking in the direction of hanuman as depicted by valmiki and i'm sure many of you have gone through this experience when you are highly spiritually connected even before he is coming you know he is coming you can feel the vibrations you can feel the vibrations you don't have to turn it can be from behind but something within you knows that he is coming when you reach a point of very high spiritual connectivity you know it's coming i have seen people walk through the aisle of an aircraft knowing nay something told me you are there in this flight so that's why i came searching you know only a high spiritual connectivity so as rama and sita are walking in the direction of hanuman hanuman knows rama is coming towards him so he gently opens his eyes and rises on his feet hanuman never used to even stand erect in front of rama because for him standing taller than rama was disrespect to rama so he always has his knees bent in which he stands so immediately rama tells hanuman there is something that i want to give you ask hanuman and anjaneya says you have given yourself to me rama what else can you give in fact purest form of love is for you to realize you he is not giving you what he has he is giving himself to you and that is the, and only in the purest form of you realize it is not this realization it's not that realization not this knowledge it's not this context it's not vibration it's not energy he is not giving you what he has he gives himself to you so that is what hanuman told rama he said you have given yourself to me rama what else can you give me so rama still wanting to give something tells hanuman when i go back to vaikuntham that is when i go back to the abode of heaven i will take you along with you you come along with me hanuman with a lot of humility hanuman asks this heaven you are referring to rama will you be there so rama immediately explains see as rama i will not be there as vishnu i will be there as this rama is only an effect the cause is vishnu as a cause i will be there as a effect i will not be there look at the devotion of hanuman hanuman immediately tells rama then i won't come i will not come anywhere where rama is not there 
In fact, every man thinks his entire life is worth the abode of heaven. And here is this monkey turned God saying, I will not come where Rama is not there. Rama immediately tells Hanuman, Hanuman, you don't realize a time will come when I won't be there. Hanuman immediately tells Rama, that's how much you know about your Rama. You think you won't be there. Centuries after you are gone, somewhere in the world, your name will still be chanted. Somebody will keep saying Rama. Centuries later, your story will still be told in the world. And somewhere in the corner where your story is being told, with tears in my eyes, I will stay and continue to experience your Rama, but I will not come where Rama is not there. That is devotion. That is faith. And in the words of Valmiki, in the entire Ramayana, everybody step forward to hug Rama. Whether it is the Gukan, whether it is the Sukrivan, whether it is the Vibhishanan, in the entire Ramayana, somebody step forward to hug Rama. For the first time in Ramayana, Rama steps forward to hug Hanuman out of the love that Hanuman has for him. This is just Rama's way of telling Hanuman, to your love, to your surrender, to your devotion, to your faith, I feel belittled Hanuman and he steps forward to hug Hanuman. The reason I'm sharing this with you is, it's not about your God, it's about your faith in God, it's about your devotion to God. Replace this word God with whatever name that lingers in you right now. Replace this with whatever form that lingers in you right now. To that you grow in faith. And the more and more you grow in faith, it doesn't matter, discovered God, invented God, you dissolve into it. And as you dissolve into that God, you receive the energy that is required that can facilitate this equanimity of emotions, integrity of intelligence and concentration of mind. And through it, you will be able to transcend these three intermediate personalities. And in transcending these intermediate personalities, you will qualify yourself to the seat of meditation. In the seat of meditation, you will experience that state of unison. And in experiencing that state of unison, all the emptiness within you will be gone. For the first time, you will feel complete. That incompleteness within you will complete itself in that one experience. Please close your eyes. And establish this mastery. Even if there is an impulse for you to cough, you are not going to cough. Even if there is an irritation in the throat, you are not going to clear your throat. No noise is going to emanate from you for the next few minutes. In a state of complete quietude, in a state of complete physical mastery, watch your body with your complete awareness and then you will find there is no unwanted movement, there is no cough, there is no sneezing, there is no noise, there is no clearing of throat. Resolve, no noise will emanate from you. You can. Continue to hold yourself in this meditative stillness of complete inner quietude. 
as I sum up this entire session. Don't yield. Your body will play this game with you. For years together, your body has been your master. After all, when I was talking, you were not coughing. When you were lost into me, when you were dissolved into me, you were not coughing. Now, just because you are asked to be with yourself, the body is trying to gain mastery over you. Don't give this body the mastery. You be the master of this body. It's not difficult to be free from cleaning your nose or scratching or coughing. It's not difficult for a few minutes to maintain this meditative stillness. A human being is a composition of five different personalities, physical, mental, intellectual, emotional and spiritual. It is only when a human being grows in all the five dimensions, he attains that completeness as a human being. At one level, give an hour a day to the body and ensure the body is healthy and fit the remaining 23 hours. And at the other realm, seek your spiritual growth. The only way you are going to transcend all your inner emptiness, that inner incompleteness, that crying within, is by experiencing that state of silence, that state of meditativeness. To experience that state of meditativeness, you need to transcend the three intermediate personalities of mind, intellect and emotions. To transcend those three intermediate personalities, you need to achieve concentration of mind, integrity of intelligence and equanimity of emotions. Rituals in religion are like the pole. You need it to reach that height, but you need to leave it to transcend that height. So it's not enough you practice a lot of religious processes. After every process, practice a few minutes of stillness, a few minutes of non-doing. The terminal experience after the process is as important as the process itself. Align yourself to some doctrines of right and wrong and achieve that integrity of intelligence. Do not trade God for the kingdom of God. Even if there will be some materialistic deprivation, always remember there is a spiritual compensation for it. Grow in maturity by understanding the philosophy of life and attain that equanimity of emotions. A human being with agitated emotions is just an animal. Grow in maturity and attain that emotional equanimity. And the very purpose of religion, re-legere, is to give you that concentration of mind, integrity of intelligence and equanimity of emotions. And for all these three to happen in your life, you need a God in your life and your God is the one on whom you are able to impose your faith. 
So rightly the master said, How you see me makes no difference to me, but it makes all the difference to you. Your God is as powerful as your faith in your God is. Choose your object of faith and grow in faith towards your God. Let that spiritual force to which you completely feel connected enable you to have moments in life where you forget yourself the whole gamut of spirituality is to help you to forget yourself that object of faith into which you are able to dissolve and in the process forget yourself is your God such a great opportunity to be born as a human being. It's such a rare opportunity to be born as a human being and to find a living guru. It's such a blessing to be living as a human being with a living guru and having the spark of spirituality within you. This is your best chance. This is your best chance. True to what Hanuman said, you have given yourself to me, what else will I seek? True to what Arjuna said, what else will I seek than you Krishna? And true to that realization, only to the extent you grow in love for him, you will understand his love for you. in love, in bhakti, in surrender, in faith, dissolve into your source of faith. Enough that you have lived your life as a human being seeking a spiritual experience, begin to live your life as a spiritual being committed to human existence. Don't continue to live a human life and visit spirituality once in a way. Live a spiritual life and visit human life once in a way. That's what you're here for. That's what you're here for.
very, very gently. Please open your eyes. I'll see you at 8 o'clock in the lawns. The last session will be in the lawns today. Thank you so much.